Hey guys, Hunter here. Wanted to ask you a quick favor. Uh, we're really trying to grow the podcast and it would really help us if you would leave us a review. So go on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast and leave us a review. It's going to help more people find out about us. So we appreciate it. Now let's get to the show. back with the Coyote Fitness Podcast. Hunter here coming to you with Caleb and Tyler. And today we're going to talk about what does a healthy family look like? So there's a lot of different um, family dynamics out there, a lot of different uh, home lives. And um, we're just going to talk about um, just a broad discussion topic of what do we feel like a healthy family looks like? How do you fit in sports? How do you fit in school? How do you fit in work? How do you fit in um, date nights and all that type of stuff? And um, we're just going to talk about um, some hypotheticals and theoretical discussion here and have a little fun with it. So um, we're looking forward uh, to talking to talking about that with you guys. I think that for for me, I'm excited about this conversation because I want to help people reframe the all of the negatives that a lot of times come up whether it be a loss of time a change to nutrition uh, picky kids more scheduling conflicts missing workouts things like that that oftentimes are a source of negativity in the gym and I'll, I think it'd be great to have this conversation and hopefully help encourage people who are in that time which is the most I would say the majority of people the reality is this isn't our gyms are not full of people who have uh, three hours in the afternoon to come in and work out and go through multiple sessions of working out and are in the best shape uh, the best competitive shape of their life right we want to help set the expectation that like we want to help you with where you are currently whatever your dynamic is we want to help you get into the best shape of your life for that season of life and so i think if we can flip this from a negative into a positive it all of a sudden is going to take a lot of stress away from people and it's going to help them to live a healthier life yeah i think that when you're looking at what is a you know healthy family lifestyle look like um the first off you got to look at is, you know, where is uh, health and fitness in the priority list? How important it is to me. Um, and if you're, um, you know, the father of the family, the leader of the family, how does, uh, how do I want to uh, impact my kids uh, or my wife in the future? Or um, if you're the wife in the family, how do I want to impact my husband and my kids? Or if you don't have kids, how do I want to impact my spouse? Or if you're a grandparent, how do I want to impact my grandparent? And what what you know what kind of impact do I want to have on them? And I think that's the first question that that you can ask is, um, am I setting the the example that I want to set? And I think it always starts with yourself first and thinking about it that way. And what what kind of example do I want to set in my family dynamic? 
how do I want to have an impact with them? And then after that, it's all right. Is are am I happy with things, or or do we need to to make some changes? Uh, how do we fit in um, all these other activities and that type of thing to still steer us in the in the direction that we want to go as far as um, a healthy family dynamic lifestyle that we want to live as a team. Um, I like that. Uh, I wrote down um, five sort of, I guess, like topic category transitions to think about. Um, it's exercise, sports, um, having fun. Uh, and then, of course, if, you ha- like, if you're a family with younger kids, it's school. Um, and then rest because rest is also equally as important as work. Um, and so kind of like you mentioned was – was that priority is exercise a priority for yourself, which kind of what we talked about in the last episode, you know, talking about setting that priority um, and starting off with that priority. Um, and then do you like to play sports or do your kids play sports and ways to use fitness to uh, increase your ability to do those sports? For some parents and conversations I have with parents a lot is – you know, I'm here to work out so I can actually hang with my kids while they play sports because, you know, the the average, you know, 45-year-old parent is not playing baseball, right? It's fitness as a means to be able to spend time with uh, kids or the spouse that maybe does something that's along the lines of a sport. Um, and then another thing, too, something I hear from a lot of people and something that I'm – you know, surprisingly, I think a lot of people find a surprise about that. Like, I'm, I'm really passionate and love encouraging families and being involved with families that work out together. And we've got a lot of families in our gym, um, and we can see that the exercise is a priority is keeping things fun. Um, so, if you know you're a parent with younger kids, or um, you know you have kids that are uh, not in the gym and maybe they want to come into the gym, it's, it's, it can be really easy, I think for a lot of people to feel really overscheduled and that overscheduling can be stressful. I know it can be just a priority, like a, a tough priority just to get into the gym yourself as a parent. And so then you add in the possible stress of maybe bringing in, you know, you know, another set of legs to the gym. Um, but if you can keep it fun, um, keep it, you know, from feeling like a task, then the kids are going to enjoy it as well. And so, you know, if it's starting them off in kids class or, um, setting them up with the coach to maybe work one-on-one in a secluded setting where there's not 15 to 20 people in the class to start. That's something that you want to do. You know, I know a lot of people love to do that. And that seems to work really well for kids because, you know, I know most kids, especially under about the age of 15, really can't focus for a whole full hour. Um, I know sometimes I can't even focus for a whole full hour. Uh, and so having that possibility of something where you can schedule a one-on-one um to keep things fun and interesting and don't feel like the kid has to you know be a part of a large group of adults and feel very intimidated could be something to to really consider um and then the you know fourth thing i wrote down talking about you know if if you have someone a, a kid that's still in school or let's say um you know you uh, your spouse is in a graduate school or an undergrad or doing something like that. It's, uh, you know, learning how to use fitness as a means to kind of clear the mind, uh, come in and spend an hour in the gym. And, you know, maybe this is the time where you and your spouse get to hang out together. That's not 
doing something around the house that feels like a task. And so just keeping things light and saying, hey, we're just going to come and do a partner workout together. We're going to, you know, not think about the bills we have due or we're not going to worry about who needs to get their tires rotated on their car. We're just going to come in together. We're going to do this fun workout. And then, you know, we'll cross those bridges as we get to them. But using the gym and the and maybe the hour that you have here, you know, to, to enjoy that together. Um, and then how do you like to rest? So on rest days, are you the type of person that um, as a parent or as a spouse likes to sit on the couch with the feet up and watch Netflix all day? Or are you the spouse that... Um, would rather go walk the dogs on a Sunday afternoon to get prepared for the week. And so, you know, just having these conversations, I I love having these conversations with families because we're all so different. Um, And so it's kind of finding that identity. We talk about identity all the time. And so finding that identity is a family who does these things together. And if you're not a family that does these things together, um, finding that identity of, well, I want to impact my family to where uh, they feel more encouraged to do these things together with me. I'll say something about the rest too, because there's there's a couple different ways you could go with that. Here's a note that maybe maybe people don't think about that I see and I hear as a testimonial all the time, is that as people's fitness improves, their rest looks a little different. So for a lot of people that are that are not in great shape and they know they need to be in better shape, oftentimes they may need two full days of sit. They they think they need two full days on the weekend of. Um, you know, of sitting or not being very physically active. But what we find is that people that come in on Saturday morning and get up early and come to a nine o'clock workout and then leave, they are not only resting, but they're also because they cho- they've chosen an appropriate form of exercise that doesn't drain them, but actually gives them energy. They leave with more energy than they came in with. Oftentimes that allows them to have high quality rest and it doesn't so kind of helping people frame that like sometimes 10 hours of Netflix, I feel worse the next day yeah. than if I had an hour of, of some sort of like physical activity that then allows me to kind of be have that stimulant that also allows me to have high quality rest. So oftentimes framing what rest looks like, it doesn't necessarily mean you got to sit on the couch for, for the whole weekend. And so that's one thing that I think is, is a note, but like what you're saying, the other side of it is a lot of people are trying to fit so many things in that rest is the thing that gets skipped and you just can't skip that being, having that downtime of not feeling like you've got to go somewhere and allowing your body to recover. And part of that is just kind of setting the priority for your family that, okay, like Hunter said, we've got to decide what are the most important things for us. And we've got to have a hard line on these because it is going to be so easy for a lot of things to start coming in there. And so that's one of the things that I think would be really helpful for people is to similar to people who are trying to make a change to their nutrition and having a conversation about some of the things that are leading to unhealthy. I think having a family just every once in a while sitting down and saying, is it is it important for our eight-year-old to play 82 baseball games this year or to have 12 weekends of travel soccer? Um, maybe it is, maybe it's not though. And so kind of not being afraid to sit down and have a honest conversation about what are our priorities? What do we want this blur of the next three years to actually look like when we look back at it and then setting the priorities appropriately? I'll jump in and kind of talk a little bit because I see Caleb has a, a 39 long list of things he wants to cover here. And so I want to give him time to be able to do that. But, you know, something that my wife and I have been talking about is, you know, how, uh, you know, what, what is going to be important for us when we have kids, um, and you know, what priorities we want to do, you know, and, 
one, you know, obviously health and fitness is extremely important to, to both of us. Um, but from, I feel, and I've seen, I've seen this happen so many times that anything that we're forcing on somebody else, it tends to push them away and not want to do something. And so I have never really liked to take the tact of this is what you should do, or this is what I think you should do, or maybe, maybe phrasing that differently is this is something that I'm doing that's really helping me out. And I think it could help you if you tried it. And I think back to when I first started uh, CrossFit way back in the day and um, I started going and I was still living at home at the time and uh, I just got done playing baseball and um, I just started my family. I just started talking to my family about it. This is what I do. This is really fun. I've really enjoyed it. And then slowly, <laughs> slowly, but surely one by one of them started, started coming and joining. And then after a while, everybody was doing it except for my mom. And then she joined because she felt left out at the dinner table because she didn't, couldn't partake in the conversation. And it was really cool. And now they're all still doing it. And it's just a, it's, it's a, it's a thing we do as a family. Like there were, there's been many Thanksgivings that we've come up on Thanksgiving morning, literally as a family and done a workout at the gym, uh, or on Christmas, Christmas morning. I think we've done workouts when we're on family vacation, we do workouts and it's just part of our life. Um, and that didn't come from me as the first one to do it saying you guys need to do this you you guys are all fat and out of shape and you guys need to tighten up you know i never said any of those lines it was um this is something that i really enjoy doing and it's really helping me out and i really enjoy it and they see that and eventually over time they want to do it and i see a lot of times um um sometimes people will they want to try to force their their kids into doing something they're like trying to make them come to the gym and making them do this this thing or that thing or the other thing and um, the, it makes the kids uh, want to not do that because they're forcing them to do it. As um, I, you know, my wife and I have talked about this. We don't want to ever force our kids to do it, but obviously we will have some some set boundaries on. You know, you need to do something. You need to pick something that you got to have something extracurricular that you're doing. Um, we really enjoy doing this, and we love for you to do it with us. But I think um, just from what I've seen that the amount of time that they're going to be spending at the gym because their parents are there and seeing other people doing and having fun, they're going to want to do it because that's just what they do. And I see a lot of kids that started coming to the gym at a very young age and it's just part of life to them. Like part of life is getting out of school and going to work out of the gym. That's just what you do. It's like not even an option of not doing it. And that's, you know, it's not even an option to not eat healthy most of the time, you know, that type of stuff. And so, um, setting the expectation from the front end of this is just part of life. This is what we do as a family. And um, hopefully that's kind of the example that we will set as 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 parents. And that's something that's that'll be that that's kind of how we plan on going about it, because um, I want to lead a family that is health and fitness is a very large part of their life, because it's to me, if you don't have your health, you don't, you're not going to have anything for very long. Oh, yeah. And we just actually, it's kind of cool you say that. Um, just finished on-ramp a couple weeks, two weeks ago, actually, with uh, with uh, someone's son. And he's 13. And this morning they came into the 6 a.m. together. And, you know, she normally will work out with him in the afternoon. And walked in. I was like, you know, hey, you got something going on later today? And he was like, no, I just wanted to come work out early this morning. Like I wanted to come. And so she brought him, he's 13 years old, brought him to the gym. They did a partner workout together this morning. I was like, man, that's awesome. Like 
it didn't take much convincing from either of them because they both are, you know, very bought in and, and really, you know, love to work out. And it's something that I can see is helping their bond together. And so it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know, just it's cool. That that's what we're talking about today. And that was like this morning witness, like, you know, it's six o'clock in the morning. A 13 year old walks in with his mom is like, we're, we're here to work out together. It's like, heck yeah, that's awesome. You know, I love that. All right, we'll give the next 20 minutes to Caleb, too. Okay, guys, so I'm going to start with number 23. <laughs> Take it away. I'm going to grab another yeah, cup we're of coffee. Gonna, <laughs> we're going to count it down from number 23 here. Um, no, we've really covered a lot of these things. I just wanted to make sure, like, we have these. I think it's really cool because we have a lot of families. This is not something where we are just trying to guess or trying to, to put this, and we've never really seen it happen. The stories we could just go through are endless of families that have seen and have decided that they're going to prioritize their health. And so a couple things that I've thought about, um, one, you need to have a conversation about financially what you value as well. So this is something that maybe for us and what we do is a financial commitment, but time and time again, you're going to see that there's going to be things that you want to decide what do you invest in. So having that conversation is important to being a healthy family is saying, what do we want to invest in? Um, I think another thing that we talk about a lot is understanding what season you're in and where there may be a little bit more of a priority on things outside of the gym. Uh, and when there may be a better time to spend five days a week in the gym, there may be some seasons where three days is what you've got and it's going to be an accessory to softball or it's going to be an accessory to travel soccer. And those things are really important. And we, we think that that is a healthy thing too. So, um, you know, understanding it's okay if there are other people that are in the gym a little bit more than you, it doesn't mean you're failing. Um, we talked a little bit about sports and I think Hunter, we, this is a theme because a lot of that is our background in coming into this. But um, I was just going to ask before I get on to points 22 through one, um, what do you think is a good approach as far as, and, and just kind of summarize your thoughts on how do you use the gym as an accessory to team sports? Because for a lot of families, they have, uh, you've got two minutes for you this You want one. me to cover that in two minutes? No, you <laughs> two, minute, two minutes. Two minute drill. <laughs> but sticking. just give your best selling point on how to still use the gym when it does get to ages 11, 12, 13. There is a little more pressure to make the team. There is a little more pressure to be at every batting practice, pitching practice, specialty, um, this team that is an off-season team, this team that is the school team. And how do you still incorporate the gym into that in a way that is um, empowering to the team sport and is an accessory to Gosh, it? Gosh, I think about this all the time, and that's something I really want to go in depth in. Um, Two minutes. At, at a future date. But uh, a couple of thoughts. First off, for the parents, um, I think that I've seen this happen so many times where the the kid gets busy and they're traveling and you know, the parent wants to be there for all the games. And that's awesome. You know, my senior year of college, my dad was at every single one of my baseball games, no matter where it was. And that meant the world to me to look up in the stands and see him, no matter if we were in Timbuktu or at home, he was there um, at every game. And that was so awesome. But I think that parents get into that. I want to see all my kids games and they just let their health and fitness go. They quit going to the gym and they think if I can't go four or five days a week, I'm just not going to go at all. But if you can take that, look at that season of, I'm going to get two workouts in a week, one workout a week, you know, do an at-home workout um, this morning for five to ten minutes and try to maintain as best you can as opposed to just letting yourself go. And then when it gets to the off season, you're trying to get back out of it, and it takes you three months to get back to where 
you were before the season started, if you could just get some type of routine of getting five to ten minutes of exercise in a day and going to the gym the one or two days a week that you can as opposed to not going at all, I think you're just going to set yourself up to be in such a better position over the years of that because if you look at it when your kids are – if they start playing travel baseball when they're 10 years old and you're going to 12 tournaments a year and you plan on doing that for six more years, I mean – how many how many how, weekends, yeah, yeah how many weekends is that and weeks and uh, that you're just giving up your your health and fitness to go to all those things where you got to figure out a way to be able to at least maintain as best you can during that time and if you can look at life as there's different seasons of life and this season i'm going to um maintain as best i can and this season i'm going to push through and and make a lot of progress because i have the time to do that if you can look at life in in that aspect um you're going to i think in the long run you're going to be much more healthier and fit but as far as where kids go, um, I always think about all the kids that I see, saw, have success, make it to the next level, play professionally. They all were always the best athletes. They weren't necessarily the ones with the most skills. And um, it's because the, 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 the best athletes are the ones that have the most potential. And so if all you're doing is spending your time on your sports-specific skills, you're going to um, shorten uh, lower your ultimate potential in that sport because there's only so far you can go in a certain skill without developing the the base um, to be able to progress farther in the sport. So if you can look at um, a kid in general and look at the the season as that's the time they're you know expressing and developing their sport specific skills, where there also needs to be an off season, which in my opinion should be a lot longer than the season where you're developing your athletic base, you're developing your explosiveness, your speed, your power, your strength, your flexibility, all the type of things that you're going to develop in the gym. And then by building, spending that off-season time, you're going to give yourself a much higher athletic peak in whatever potential sport you do. And um, if you can develop that huge base as a kid from, you know, whatever age you start working out till the time you're, you know, in middle school or high school, then ultimately your peak is going to be so much higher um, in that specific whatever specific sport you you intend to do. So, making sure you have a devoted off season to developing your athletic uh, potential is imperative to me. If you know performing at the highest level that you can is is important to you because if all if all you do is work on the sport specific skills year round, you're going to plateau very very quickly and you're never going to reach the potential you could have reached if you developed all the other um, prerequisites that are going to make that skill um, that much better. I want to speak to the word, and Caleb, you nailed the word, is pressure. Um, when someone introduces their kid to the gym and for the first time, or maybe they play three sports already, and there's a lot of expectation or pressure on their games, their performance, a lot of times I think a few things. Number one, the parent themselves and this is unintentional i'm sure but a lot of times the parent themselves are uh you know has more pressure and expectation on the outcome of the game than the kid might and so the last thing i want to see happen is when a kid comes in to the gym is for there to be a pressure or expectation from the parent for the kid to perform or exceed any type of expectation that the parent may have set on the kid there so what I like to do when a kid comes in for the first time is to really get the message across that this is, number one, a sport in and of itself that you will never perfect. This is, you know, this is not a sport 
where you will all of a sudden never be able to get better at. And so we need to set the expectation on the low end that the expectation is to just utilize that mindset of getting a little bit better at the gym. The last thing I want to see for a 13 or 14 year old coming in is to get caught up in the competition aspect of fitness because here's the thing, like you said, Hunter, building that base and building the capacity is the most important thing, no matter what age the kid is at or the adult is at, even if the adult one day wants to, you know, have an age group type competition, but especially from the kid's standpoint from that, you know, hey, this kid's coming in, this kid's learning to squat for the first time. And maybe the parent has been doing CrossFit for 10 years. And so now the kid's finally old enough to learn how to squat. Well, the expectation for that kid should not be to to be overhead squatting two times their body weight in the next year, right? That's just unrealistic. And so I, I like to encourage parents and kids, and this is something I've I've really enjoyed doing is, is working with kids who play sports more and, you know, building that base of, look, if we can learn to utilize fitness as a means to build a really strong base for work capacity, then no matter what sport you play, tennis, golf, frisbee, doesn't matter, you are going to get better at that sport. But if we treat fitness and the sport of fitness as a means to compete against others at an age where we're still learning to build a base, then I think it's going to neglect the opportunities to get better at the sport-specific things. And there's a lot of kids that come in that are teenagers that they don't play other sports, right? This is what they do, right? We, you know, and I have these conversations with these kids all the time is it doesn't, it doesn't matter what other kids your age are lifting or it doesn't matter what kids five years older than you are lifting because they're five years older than you. Um, or they've been doing this for three years longer than you. What matters in the moment and every single day is that you're coming in and getting a little bit better at fitness if you want to treat it like a sport. And then from there, the work capacity and the capability is going to shine in and of itself. But when we put too much pressure on each other, on kids, on friends and spouses to try to perform at a level that is unrealistic, then everyone gets burnt out uh, at the end. And so it just leads to detriment. And so that's what I try to, to encourage people to stay away from. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is just understanding there's what maybe the greatest value from being in the gym is that they're coming in and learning a new skill that you can't perfect. And whenever you take that approach to everything else outside of the gym, all of a sudden you've got a really healthy mindset because one, you understand that I can always work harder and I can always continue to evolve, but also I'm learning to embrace trying new things and expanding the base. What Hunter was talking about is there's very limited ranges of motions in a lot of team sports. And if you don't have a large base, you don't have a high peak. And so for us, I think we try to help kids come in and families even understand that concept. And when they understand the concept that it's not that you are the best at this one thing right now, but if you can adapt the mindset where, oh, I'm really good at learning a new thing or I'm really good at, or I embrace the process of, oh, that looks hard. I want to try to figure that out. And then you watch someone go through the process of a couple weeks of learning something new or a way to move their body or a control that they have over their body. All of a sudden they are going to go to the sport specific skill and it's going to be a very simple thing. They're going to have body control that they did not previously have so that they can respond to the pitching coach who gives a cue that's very specific to a body part. 
and the kid is used to just swinging a baseball bat and throwing a tennis ball with his friends and they don't have the body awareness to be able to do that and so um, I think that's where it expands the peak of skills into a sports specific thing but I, at the end of the day we're talking about like a healthy family and what it means to be healthy when it comes to using using this type of activity or um, you know what that season of life looks like and one thing we hit on earlier that I think we it's important to go back to is the understanding that a lot of people do have the goal of setting uh, thinking about the future and what do I want our family to look like in 10 years where do we want our health to be where do I want my health to be when my 10 year old is 30 you know in 20 years and I'm I'm 42 and now I'm 62 how do I want my life to look and so for us I think a healthy family also acknowledges that sometimes you do have to realize like I've got a plan for the future right now and I've got to not just get caught up because like Hunter said you see people get into that whirlwind of oh kids get to eight nine ten years old and all of a sudden I'm in an eight-year warp that sets their body physically back to a point where all of a sudden their expectation for what life looks like at 50 60 years old they've now lowered the bar on what they feel like they're capable of and so trying not to get swept up into the current but also keeping in mind yeah it's important to be there it's important for the kids to have these experiences but it's also important that at 40 I am still staying in touch and still minimizing the the aging process as best that I can um, in thinking about what the future looks like. If you think about, you know, <clears throat> if you have uh, a kid, if you say you have one kid, for example, and you're responsible for them for 18 years, um, that's only like based off life expectancy, only like 20% of your life. And if you sacrifice, you know, 60% of your, of your health and life of health and fitness, because you just neglected it for 20% of your life. Well, you still have a whole lot of life left that you're going to have to spend a lot of time either getting it back or it's going to, you know, you, the, um, the quality of life is going to be less or even the life expectancy is going to be less because you just sacrificed all that, um, when you're raising your kids. So if you can find a way to, um, maintain or make progress, during that those 18 years where you're also you know raising a kid um you're going to set yourself up to be in much better shape once that kid becomes a, you know goes to college and they're off on their own and all of a sudden you're you don't you, you don't have the day-to-day -day responsibility anymore um and so if we you know we we all just live so in such the day-to-day week-to-week mindset as opposed to thinking of it in years and what what are you thinking about where am i going to be 10 years from now what do i need to do now that's going to um, benefit me 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. Those are such important questions to ask. Um, and we just go through life without asking ourselves that. And if we can just pick our head up from the day to day madness of life from time to time and, and make sure we're heading in a direction that we like, because if we're not, we need to correct because once the, once you get the momentum going a certain way, it's going to take some momentum to get it going in a different direction, but picking your head up and making sure am I the things that I'm doing day to day setting me up to where to be in a place where I want to be in 10, 20, 30 years down the road? Um, because if they're not, I need to course correct or else I'm going to all of a sudden look up one day and be like, Oh my gosh, how did I get here? Yeah. We're thinking about talking about kids and all of a sudden you're going to blink and it's going to be, Oh, I want to be active for my grandkids. 
kids are grown, kids are moving on. Now we've got grandkids that I want to be active for them. So just keeping that in mind. But a lot of that starts to get a little bit theoretical. I think one thing that I want to speak to is let's get back to tangible. How do you raise a healthy family when it comes to food? Because that's something that I think is one of the questions we get the most often. Um, and there's so many directions we can go. But I think um, where I would like to start is taking a little bit of the pressure off of understanding it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, whenever you are thinking about planning for kids and having, um, you know, have, how do I plan meals around kids? But if you can simplify things and try to um, just on your own as an adult, take steps to do all the things that you know are associated with a healthy diet and the things that we talk about, the kids are going to be a reflection of what you're doing and they're going to adhere to the lifestyle that you set up. And so oftentimes we do get the feedback that, well, my kids don't like that, or you don't know what it's like to have kids that are picky eaters and that sort of thing. But like Hunter said, if there's not an option for these foods in the house, then there's not going to be an option for the kids to do it when they're at an age where they're not going and shopping. And so by setting the standard, I think by having and setting an environment that's controlled, all of a sudden you eliminate the kids having that issue in the first place. So one thing I'd encourage you to do is just not not falling into the trap of uh, letting the kids determine what the food is, but setting that standard that you actually can take accountability and, and decide what what the kids are going to eat. And so that's a really hard conversation to have, and it is something that um, I think you guys probably have experience with as well and working with clients, but that is, uh, that's something I see often is a lot of my clients, adults are coming to me because the food that is putting them over in calories is the kids food that they have in the house. And that whole thought just is, is mind blowing to me that the food we're giving our kids is the one that's causing us to ha get on medication mm -hmm. or to need to start to seriously change my diet for the sake of my health. And so kind of just taking some time to, as a family, decide what are the things that we are potentially doing to our kids in the future that are setting them up to have a, an addiction to sugar or have some sort of, um, you know, picky diet that all yeah. of a sudden we've set them up for 10 years of eating one thing. And now we're saying, hey, let's eat more veggies. So I think that that is a uh, it's a really hard conversation, but an important one for every family to have. Yeah, I can hear I can hear a few people right now that I know are definitely going to be listening to this episode saying, well, Tyler, you're in your mid-20s. You don't have kids. You don't know jack squat about any of this. But here's what I, I do know uh, is that growing up, I was not in a family that prioritized um, eating clean and uh, working out and being fit. Now, absolutely, my parents were amazing parents, and they taught me so many great lessons, but that wasn't really a priority in our household. So that's something that um, I've tried to create for myself and my wife and we work really hard to try to uphold and maintain that because we realize that as priorities for ourselves and so i think the whole uh if there isn't an option there won't be an opportunity mindset is something that can feel a little bit constrictive at first but at the end of the day like sometimes that's the only way to really look at it is like if there are foods in the house that are you know gonna set you over or keep you from obtaining your goals like there's just gonna be an opportunity to consume those things and step one sometimes is just clean out the pantry in the fridge right if that's if that's what you need to do it's what you need to do i literally my wife was uh babysitting for one of our close friends and she had uh, her daughter over and she said 
hey do you want to do you want a snack and she's like yeah i want and then she was she said do you want to you want to make a smoothie she's like yeah and she's like no i want chocolate you know i want chocolate syrup or something she said something like that and my wife was just like no we have we have strawberry like it's strawberry and she's she said it's either strawberry you don't get one she's like okay yeah. And she loved it. Yeah. And it was just frozen strawberries and water into a sorbet. It wasn't ice cream. It was frozen strawberries. If you don't give a four-year-old the option of Hershey syrup all over a bowl of ice cream, uh, then they don't know any different. And you're the one that set that expectation. And so that's one thing that is, it's true about adults. If it's in the room, you're going to choose it. Your brain is wired to choose high starch, high sugar. That reward in your brain is something that is, is, very powerful and so we've got to realize that the environment is what sets that because you can't fight your brain um yeah and also yeah um i don't have kids yet we will hopefully soon and uh, none of us have kids yet so um, we can't speak to our personal experience but what we can speak to is the hundreds of families that we've helped and seen what works with them and we know that it works because it's worked over and over and over again it's the same thing i've never been over 300 pounds but i know we've helped uh, a lot of people that are over 300 pounds lose 50, 100, 150 pounds of weight because we've seen it works. And so just because we haven't been there, we doesn't mean we don't know what can help with those families. And so, um, you know, with experience and with helping people over and over and over again, um, it allows us to see, you know, the things that works consistently for all these type of people. And that's that's ultimately the goal for this is to, to share things that we've seen help and also to share the things that we plan on doing with our families when we do because, um, you know, we've learned a lot of things over the years, and we plan on implementing it in our families, and um, we want to share those those uh, ideas and thoughts because we know um, they can help your family if you're willing to uh, to do them. Okay, so uh, anything else you guys want to add before we move on to the next section? No, I like it. All right, that's uh, that was really good, and um, you know, maybe uh, down the road we can go more in depth into the sports specific training that type of thing because. Um, that's a whole other topic in and of itself. But uh, until then, we're going to move on to outside the box. Okay, so I don't have anything specific planned for you guys this time. But um, Thanks. you guys have anything specific y'all want to talk about? I'll, I'll start it off if you guys want to ponder for a second. Um, last weekend, we ran 15 miles. It's the longest I've ever run, the longest my wife has ever run. We felt good, felt like we could have kept going, felt like we got a great game plan for our marathon. Our marathon is the first Saturday, December I'm ready to get it done. We're ready to rock and roll. It's going to be great. So that's where we're at. Training is winding down, tapering off, and going to hit it hard. Run my first marathon, my last marathon, and it's going to be great. <laughs> Everyone feels good during the taper, right? The taper gives you that confidence. Yeah. I mean, I you know, 15 miles is not anything I ever thought I was going to run until this year, but I did it and felt good afterwards. I was only sore a little bit the next day, and, um, man, it's good. Good feeling. Nice. I like it. Um, so if you're listening to this, um, let's see. Yep. Uh, Thanksgiving should be right around the corner. Uh, and so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I will be, uh, watching Charlie Brown, uh, some Thanksgiving movies. Um, big Charlie Brown guy. That's probably something I've never said publicly, but, um, so pretty excited about, uh, you know, holiday themed movies and, uh, some fun cartoons and kids shows that, you know, we used to just always watch growing up that like I'll still watch just like for the nostalgia of it. Um, and so uh, that's something fun that I always look forward to. And uh, my mom's big on the Hallmark movies. Same. I mean, same. Like, it is. It's bad. So like I'll go I'll go pop in this time of year and it's like they're already playing 
you know but uh that's something that like uh cassie and i will watch uh we'll watch harry potter kind of leading up to christmas so let me I'm jump in real quick before caleb moves on because i got to talk about a disagreement we had at our house it was the day after halloween and my wife is wanting to get the christmas tree out and put it up. too soon claire i had to put uh, i had to uh put my foot down and said the christmas tree does not go up until after thanksgiving that's a lot i'm drawing i i'm i'm i am setting that boundary um hard because november 1st is too early to put the christmas tree up the too christmas early. tree goes up the day after thanksgiving and it comes down the day after christmas and that's just how that's just how it's done if you extend things too long it waters it down yes okay <laughs> you don't enjoy things that are up for two months straight but when you got something that's up for a month all of a sudden you know you're going to enjoy it more 25 days absolutely i, I mean, will why say not have a christmas tree up 365 days a year yeah because guess what you some see people the have people their christmas lights yeah, up. yeah you see the <laughs> yeah, people with right. christmas lights up and uh all of a sudden it's just an eyesore so it changes the value of it but also i will give this caveat if you are going out of town for thanksgiving and you want to go ahead and have it up so when you come into town on sunday after being gone for Thanksgiving and you want to have it already up, I would say go ahead and put it up before sounds Thanksgiving. Like that's, <laughs> sounds like that's Caleb's Sarah's that, plan. That's, plan. that's Sarah's that has plan. has happened in the past, like. and I'm, I'm kind of on board because coming home mm. after Thanksgiving, you're a couple mm. days behind already. You want to have it up, ready to go, especially if you're coming back on the weekend. You don't want to have to do it on Monday. So I'm with you, Hunter. Don't worry. Uh, I was talking to – I'll give you a buffer. I was talking <laughs> to Coach Derek really quick. I'll share this real, really fun because I thought it was hilarious. So Claire and I were having that discussion, and then I looked and saw uh, Derek had posted that they had their Christmas tree up. No, so, <laughs> Derek, Derek. So, so on Monday, I asked him about it. I said, Derek, I saw you already got your Christmas tree up, and he was, I could tell he was, uh, it was a it was a whole ordeal itself. But he told me that when we were at our, our quarterly meeting that his wife went shopping with, with their mom and got a Christmas tree. And uh, she said, well, we just need to go ahead and put it up just to make sure the lights work. And he's like, okay, well, we, we'll put it up, but... Um, um, we can't have the lights on. He said, well, I woke up the next morning and the lights were on. <laughs> so ah. I, said, oh, man, I, I, I thought that was really funny. That was, uh, that was pretty good. So. Derek, we're disappointed. <laughs> we didn't air this soon enough. Um, we're on, uh, outside the box, aren't we? Yeah, that we was are. Outside of the box. Yeah. I, um, let's see outside the box. Uh, this is the end of golf season. It's starting to get a little bit too cold. Um, had a last hurrah with some guys in the gym and played played golf. But one of my goals that I'm setting for 2023 is uh, I am going to break 80. I've never broken 80. It's a big benchmark in terms of uh, in terms of golf. And so I've shot 81, 82 countless times, but I've never shot countless. 79. Uh, and so that's going to be something that I'm setting a goal. And even during the winter time, I'm going to spend some time on some of the weaknesses that I can. And so I'm committed to, and I'm going to document that for everyone. It's so, on air now. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. 2023, I'm gonna break 80. Uh, I'm gonna go probably give it one or two more shots this year. So I'll make it a note. But that's something that I want to set a goal of. Put that on your resume. That'll be good. Yeah, be I love great. golf. Yeah. We're gonna have uh, we'll have a lot more golf talk here in the next year. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, all right, so you guys, got any, you guys got anything to recommend before we wrap it up? Uh, yes, actually. Um, if you have not watched Blacklist, um, it's on Netflix now. Uh, go ahead. They just dropped a new season of Blacklist. There's very few TV shows that I will re-watch all the way through, and Blacklist is definitely one of them. Um, if you're kind of into the CIA thriller 
uh, shoot them up, bang, bang, who's the mystery guy type thing, uh, that'll be your taste. So recommending that. Uh, I'm going to recommend a Netflix show called The Human Playground. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it basically goes around the world and follows all the different sports and kind of where a lot of the sports that people in other countries and some remote parts of the world, some of the things that they do to kind of scratch that itch of competition when maybe their life doesn't depend on the physical skills that they had, they developed. We, a lot of times, turn those physical skills and that adrenaline in that protection all the things that you do to train in the past may have been something that people had to do for like for their livelihood and now we've kind of turned it into a sport but still people love to push the boundaries and so it kind of goes into human performance and pain and digging into that and it kind of documents where those things started from and so it's kind of cool there's a couple sports that i didn't know existed and uh, some people that really like physically are testing and I saw I'll just say one um, just a spoiler there's a sport and I can't pronounce the name but uh, it's in Europe and basically they were they would work in these fields and they had to tra- uh, traverse these uh, canals of water that were longer than they were able to jump and so they learned the skill of almost like pole vaulting where they'd run and plant the stick and have to get over and so they would have to do that to be able to work through the fields and get from place to place and now they've turned it into a sport where they run but this guy uh he's in his barn in the middle i don't even remember what country it was but he's in this barn um in on his farm and he had rings set up so he was working on muscle ups he was working on rope climbs and trying to climb the pole to be able to and so he had all this weight equipment stuff and all this functional fitness things that he was uh doing and so i just thought it was like a cool parallel Uh, super Uh, functional and yeah yeah, it's just like oh that i guess people do use these skills in real life sometimes we need to remember that those things exist yeah maybe not in mississippi as much but uh anyway i thought it was cool very cool um I got a book. It's uh, Walt Disney. I think it's called The Triumph of the American Imagination. It's a biography on Walt Disney, and it's uh, pretty fascinating because, uh, I mean, we all know Disney and uh, the behemoth of a company it is. But it all started with uh, two brothers, especially one named Walt, and uh, just his uh, idea and his relentless pursuit of um, perfection in their animation and uh, constantly trying to improve and um, it's just a fascinating book and his drive and, and all the stuff they went through. And, um, it's a really good book. Uh, I would recommend it if you enjoy biographies and, uh, enjoy, uh, learning about, uh, successful people and how they got there. So check out that book. Cool. But, um, till then that's it for this time. And we will, uh, see you guys next week. Silky smooth sounds.